0: well praise the lord everybody i am evangelist janice nelson and i want to welcome you to season three of broken vessels mended and Whole, a weekly women's bible study podcast today is sabbath sunday december 18th the year of our lord 2022 in this bible study podcast we address various issues that break the spirit of women and then seek to promote women's spiritual wholeness and well-being with lessons learned from the word of God. Ladies, let's pray. Our God and our Father, we bow our heads and humble ourselves before your throne of mercy and of grace. As we begin our Bible study, we ask you to join us in the study of your word. Anoint my lips of clay so that your word word goes forth in spirit and in truth. Hide me behind the shadow of your cross so that you only are seen and heard in this Bible study. Will you bind the powers of the spirit of darkness so that not one evil deed is met against this ministry or these your people? Bless each person within the sound of my voice and be ye glorified. In Jesus name I ask all of these things and give you thanks even now in advance for answered prayer counted as done by faith and in accordance to your word. Amen. Ladies, today we continue our Bible study on the book of Ezekiel. This is a book that many women may not want to read, first, because it is a difficult book to read, and second, because many women identify Ezekiel as a misogynist, meaning someone who despises or is strongly prejudiced against women. They have arrived at this conclusion based on the sexually explicit imagery and several chapters of the book of Ezekiel, particularly in chapters 16 and 23, where some of the imagery is violent and abusive against women. It's going to take us quite a bit of time to work our way through the entire book of Ezekiel, but I hope that you will hang in there with me as we work our way through this interesting text, because there is more to Ezekiel's sexually violent imagery than that which first meets the eye. I fully recognize that this text and its long history of interpretation has done some serious and irrevocable harm to women, but we must still question What drove Ezekiel to write such sexually violent imagery and what were the historical, sociological and cultural forces in play at the time of Ezekiel's writing that makes these images symbolically and rhetorically powerful today? Now, I do not usually read all of the verses of the chapter because they are rather long, but just as in chapter 16, I am delving deeper into the verses of chapter 23 because I believe that it is important for women to understand why so many of us view Ezekiel as someone who despises or strongly prejudiced against women. When I quote scriptures, I will either read from the King James Version or the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. If I deviate from those versions, I will let you know. Ladies, the book of Ezekiel contains the prophecies attributed To the prophet Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 23 forms part of a series of predictions regarding the fall of Jerusalem and is written in the form of a message delivered by God to Ezekiel written in three parts. Part one, which we studied last week, is God's first person account of his marriage to Ahola and Aholabah, who, by the way, are sisters. Part two of God's message, our study today, is God's announcement of judgment against Aholabah. By way of review, Ezekiel chapter 23 delves into the similarities of Ahola or Samaria and Aholaba or Jerusalem. Ezekiel uses harlotry or prostitution metaphorically to define the forging of multiple political alliances which he asserts were undertaken at these sisters' initiatives. Some readers of the Ezekiel text identify with those involved in diplomatic negotiations with the kingdom of Assyria and Babylon. And as these readers identify with the female characters Ahola and Aholaba, they recognize their attempts to secure power through the lens of Ezekiel's sexual metaphor of harlotry, or prostitution. Other readers note the fundamental ambiguity in the narrative account of the sisters' involvement with their lovers. On the one hand, their activity is characterized as whoredom, which suggests that the sisters initiate the alliances. On the other hand, the sisters become passive victims of their lo- lovers' brutal advances, as seen in Ezekiel chapter 23, verses 3 and 8. Some readers see this as a typical, patriarchal, um, incorrect labeling of women's experiences, because by calling the sisters' experience prostitution instead of rape, the narrative is blaming the victim. And as we all know, victim blaming is a symptom of rape culture where society minimizes the severity of sexual violence against women and normalizes attitudes and beliefs that defend it. Despite viewing this as a fundamental problem of the chapter, the metaphor of harlotry or prostitution depends on this ambiguity because as a prostitute, Aholaba initiates dangerous sexual liaisons, believing that she can dictate and control the terms of the transactions. Unfortunately, she soon finds herself subject to advances that she cannot control. By the end of the narrative, it is crystal clear that Aholaba is not as shrewd or sharp-witted as she thinks or believes herself to be. In verses five through seven, Ahola or Samaria stands accused of playing the harlot with Assyrian soldiers. She rejects God and lusts at the foreign nations. And God says, because of this, Ahola or Samaria, she is, Ahola is symbolic of Samaria, must be conquered by the Assyrians and live under their control. So God turns Ahola or Samaria over to Assyrian control. The Assyrians humiliate Ahola by stripping her naked, taking her, uh, her children captive, and then they kill her and many others with the sword. And Ahola, or Samaria, becomes a byword for well-deserved punishment. Then in verses 11 through 13, we read about the sins and judgment of Aholabah, who represents Jerusalem. She is the younger sister of Ahola or Samaria. She was very much aware of God's judgment and punishment against her older sister, who was accused of playing the whore um, with Egypt, while her husband, that would be God, watched. Aholaba was guilty of the same offenses as her sister, but also, being worse than her sister and lusting uh, in her in in her lusting and in her prostitution. So how was Aholabah's or Jerusalem's harlotries worse than those of her sister Ahola? How was Jerusalem worse than Samaria? What did Jerusalem do that was so much worse than what Samaria did? Well, in verse 12, God says she lusted after the Assyrians, governors and commanders, warriors, clothed in four armor, mounted horsemen, all of them handsome young men. And I saw that she was defiled. They both took the same way, but she carried her prostitutions further. She saw male figures carved on the walls, images of the Chaldeans portrayed in vermilion. That would be a brilliant red pigment. With belts around their waist, with flowing turbans on their head, all of them looking like officers. A picture of Babylonians whose native land was Chaldea. So we're talking about foreigners or foreign nations. When she saw them, she lusted after them and sent messengers to them in Chaldea. So, Aholaba or Jerusalem was to pursue her in these relationships or these sexual liaisons with foreign nations. Ladies, have you ever been a pursuer in a relationship? Aholaba or Jerusalem pursued or initiated dangerous sexual liaisons with the Babylonians who are the Egyptians, who, by the way, were the Israelites captors. Remember the Babylonians, uh, uh, the excuse me, um, dangerous sexual liaisons with the Babylonians, who were the Israelites captors. Remember that the Babylonian army completely destroyed the temple and much of Jerusalem and the Israelites spent 70 years living in Babylon. This period of Israel's history is called the Babylonian captivity or the Babylonian exile. If you're interested in reading about that, it is recorded in 2 Kings and Second Chronicles. And if you want to read about God's warning to his people against idolatry and that they would be captured by Babylon, that is recorded in Jeremiah chapter 25. Last week we read in chapters 23 verses 9 through 10, God's, or two weeks ago actually, God's judgment against Ahola or Samaria. According to scriptures, Um God uh, delivered her into the hands of her lovers, into the hands of the Assyrians for whom she lusted. These uncovered her nakedness. They seized her sons and her daughters and they killed her with the sword. Judgment was executed upon her and she became a byword or a perfect example among women. However, despite this fact or the fact that Aholaz or Samaria's destruction uh, uh despite this, Ahola's or Samaria's destruction should have been an object lesson and should have led Ahola Ba or Jerusalem to repentance. God says, Ahola's adulteries exceeded those of her sisters. You know, ladies, it's really too bad that Ahola or Samaria was such a poor example for her little sister, Ahola Ba or Jerusalem. Being a big sister means being a teacher or a role model to your little sisters, and sometimes that's hard. It's not always easy to set a good example or to be a good influence on someone else when you're still learning yourself. I thank God that my big sister was not a whore. After a -a holobah, or Jerusalem sent messengers to the Babylonian soldiers. In verse seventeen, God says that the Babylonians came to her into the bed of love, and they defiled her with their lust. And after she defiled herself with them, she turned from them in disgust. Ladies, feeling disgust means to feel revulsion or repugnance, and feeling disgust after a sexual encounter is a natural reaction to a relationship that was not or is not intimate. Don't you agree? So Jerusalem, feeling disgusted after she defiled herself with the Babylonians, was an appropriate spiritual illustration and a literal reality of Jerusalem's gross promiscuity and idolatry, because many of the rights connected to Babylonian idols were sexual in nature, especially sex with prostitutes representing idols. Did you know that? It's true. Now, God, now uh talk about aholaba being disgusted in verses 18 through 21. We read that God was disgusted with Aholabah's sinful behavior. God says. When she carried on her prostitution so openly and flaunted her nakedness, I turned in disgust from her as I had turned from her sister. Yet she increased her prostitution, remembering the days of her youth, when she prostituted herself in the land of Egypt and lusted after her paramours. Um, There, paramours are lovers, especially the illicit partner of a married person whose members were like those of donkeys. You're talking about a penis, 18 to 14 inches in length and five to 10 inches in diameter. That's large. And whose emission was like that of stallions. That is a normal ejaculation volume of 25 to 100 milliliters, but may be as great as 300 milliliters. Convert milliliters to ounces and that would be more than 12 ounces of semen. My goodness. Then God said to Aholabah, thus you longed for the lewdness of your youth when the Egyptians fondled your bosom and caressed your young breasts. Remember in Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 37, Jerusalem loved the Egyptians, her former slaveholders who were known for their physical endowment, meaning their large penises. In chapter 23, Ezekiel's language is coarse, but the coarse language is used to shock and to reflect God's own disgust with Jerusalem's sin. Due to Aholabah's uh, sinful nature, God abandoned her and sent Babylonian soldiers to conquer and to disfigure her, meaning God spoiled her attractiveness. And that brings us up to date. So let's unpack today's text, which is Ezekiel chapter 23, verses 22 through 24, titled Ahola and Aholabah: two peas in a pod, part three. And verses 22 through 27, God says, therefore, Aholabah, thus says the Lord God. Now, this is the messenger formula. Thus says the Lord God. It is God's direct, unmediated speech to Jerusalem. God says, I will rouse against you, your lovers, for whom you turned in disgust. And I will bring them against you from every side, the Babylonians and the Chaldeans, Picard and Shoah and Koha and all the Assyrians with them. Handsome young men, governors and commanders, all of them soldiers and select leaders, all of them riding on horses. They shall come against you from the north with chariots and wagons and a host of people. They shall set themselves against you on every side with buckler, shield and helmet. And I will commit the judgment to them and they shall judge you according to their ordinances. This is bad. I will direct my indignation against you. So Jerusalem has provoked God to anger in order that they may deal with you in fury. This will be the outpouring of of the wrath of God against ungodliness and unrighteousness. God says they shall cut off your nose and your ears and your survivors shall fall by the sword. They shall seize your sons and your daughters and your survivors shall be devoured by fire. This is really bad stuff. They shall also strip you of your clothes and take away your fine jewels. That's nakedness. Okay, so they're going to be ashamed. So I will put an end to your lewdness and your prostitution brought from the land of Egypt. You shall not long for them or remember Egypt anymore. Now, remember two weeks ago when we did our overview of Ezekiel chapter 23, I said that Aholabah or Jerusalem's name met my tabernacle is in her. As such, God's judgment against Aholabaz or Jerusalem was it, um, all the more deserved because the blessings of the temple or because of the, excuse me, the blessings of the temple and the priesthood in her midst made her more accountable. God assembled an army against her from every side, the Babylonians and all the Chaldeans, Pekot and Shoah and Koa, and all the Assyrians with them. And Aholabah, or Jerusalem, was about to learn that those who she pursued and gave herself to would not treat her well at all. They would not treat her gently like a lover. No, God turned her over to armies of soldiers who were aggressive and abusive toward her and who perpetuated a cycle of shame Against her. In verses 28 through 31, God says, For thus says the Lord God, there's that messenger formula again, I will deliver you into the hands of those whom you hate, into the hands of those whom you turned in disgust and they shall deal with you in hatred and take away all the fruit of your labor and leave you naked and bare and the nakedness of your prostitution shall be exposed. Your lewdness and your prostitutions have brought this upon you because you prostituted yourself with the nations. Those would be the foreign nations that surrounded Jerusalem and polluted yourself with their idols. You have gone the way of your sister. That is a holobot or samaria therefore i will give her cup into your hand thus says the lord god so god delivered the ba, or jerusalem over to those who hated her now keep in mind that jerusalem is representative of all of israel and god's favor transformed it, uh, jerusalem remember that in ezekiel 16 verses four through seven we read about jerusalem's birth and how god raised her um from her humble, hated state, struggling in her own blood, weak, poor, and near death to thriving like a plant in a field. Then we uh, read Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 9 through 13, that the foreign nations were jealous of Jerusalem because of God's generous love and because of how he cared for her, and because she excelled in beauty. The Bible says she grew exceedingly beautiful, fit to be a queen, and was raised to royalty status. She became famous among the nations, and it was all because of the splendor that God bestowed on her, not of herself. Ladies, I personally believe that when someone hates you and is jealous of you, it is because they hate themselves and they want to be you, and they see you as a threat. And our text today, verse twenty, has said that God delivered Jerusalem over to those who hated her, and in verse and verse twenty-nine says the foreign nations deal with Jerusalem in hatred. And remember, this is God's judgment against Jerusalem for her lewdness and her prostitution. And God tells Jerusalem in verse 30 that she brought this judgment on herself. Further in verses 31 through 34, God says, you have done the way, gone the way of your sister. Therefore, I will give her cup into your hand. Thus says the Lord God, you shall drink your sister's cup deep and wide. It will bring scorn and derision. It holds so much. You will be filled with drunkenness and sorrow. A cup of horror and desolation is the cup of your sister Samaria. You shall drink it and drain it out. So she's going to drink every drop." Of it, and gnaw its sheds, and tear away out, tear out your breasts, for I have spoken, says the Lord God. So drinking the cup of her sister means Aholaba or Jerusalem will drink Aholas or Samaria's cup of judgment, which is deep and wide and bitter, and on lurkers meaning the foreign nations, will have no sympathy for her and only offer her scorn and derision, meaning they will ridicule and mock her as she is filled with drunkenness and sorrow. And God says that Aholaba or Jerusalem, must drink and drain it so she will drink all of it. And this is her misery. Aholaba or Jerusalem, will harm herself by tearing at her own breasts, gnawing them, to shreds also drunkenness is associated with confusion and in our text a or jerusalem is betrayed as being a desperate outcast who literally drinks herself into madness to the point that whereas she once craved the fondling of her breasts by foreign lovers now she tears them off her own body. So instead of regulating her emotions and practicing self-care, Aholabaah or Jerusalem sought self-harm as an outlet for her pain and humiliation. Ladies, Aholabaah's Or Jerusalem's greatest sin was not her lewdness or her prostitution. That was bad enough. But her greatest sins were that she was prideful, she rejected God and she lusted after foreign nations. Israel forgot that she was nothing before God found her and blessed her with beauty. She forgot God's warning in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 10 through 12, not to forget him when she came into the benefits that he would give her in the promised land. The more God blessed Israel, the more prideful she became. Ladies, pride is a negative force in our human existence. It is the opposite of humility and a soil of great social friction. It has been called the deadliest sin and indeed Proverbs chapter 16 verse 18 teaches that pride goes before destruction and the haughty spirit before the fall. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want to support it, we have several ways in which you can do that. First, via the Tidy app at Broken Vessels, Mended and Whole. Second, at G I V E L I F Y dot com. You may donate to Broken Vessels hyphen Mended and Whole or you may mail whatever gifts of love you feel led to give to Broken Vessels Mended and Whole. We are a 501c3 nonprofit religious organization located at P.O. Box 34637, Los Angeles, California 90034. Please join me next week as we continue our Bible study on the book of Ezekiel right here on Broken Vessels Mended and Whole. And don't forget to check in with me on Facebook Live at Evangelist Janice, that's J-A-N-I-S Nelson today at 12 noon Pacific Daylight Time. In the meantime, take good care and may God continue to bless you. Amen.